At the intersection of vision, technology, and strategy, you will find the secrets to unlocking the world's most ambitious digital experiences. Join us on Reshape Digital as we seek out the groundbreaking ideas that are reshaping the digital landscape. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Reshape Digital. Today's episode is brought to you by Open Software, Canada's fastest growing digital agency. My name is Chris Lico. And I'm Stephen Boucher. And today we're going to be talking about light patterns. So I was recently listening to a podcast, um, Gimlet Media's Reply All. Uh, it's a really interesting marketing podcast, uh, if anyone's looking for another one to listen to. <laughs> um, and they did a podcast talking about dark patterns. So um, the host interviewed a journalist who had researched the one of the companies that provides um, tax filing services in the United States. Uh, many people are familiar with Intuit TurboTax. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically the way it works in the States is that the, the companies that provide tax filing services have to provide free services to some category of the demographic. Um, and essentially across all the companies... Almost every demographic is covered in some way, and each company has decided, okay, we're going to offer it for free to this group, and then everyone else has to pay. Right. And um, what has happened with uh, Intuit is they've created this dark pattern where they're encouraging people to pay even if they don't have to. Um, And, you know, before I get into a lot of detail on that, I can walk you through kind of what a dark pattern is and what it means. So it's not the slick dark mode on the Mac <laughs> OS X. It's not the new. Okay, got it. Was it was not that. And honestly, when I saw the title of the podcast, I thought it was something about a conspiracy theory or something. <laughs> and uh, it, it's far from conspiracy. It's very real. And it's something that we actually encounter every day. Right. So um, a dark pattern at a very high level definition is a user interface that has been carefully crafted to trick users into doing things, such as buying insurance with their purchase or signing up for recurring bills. Um, that's a pretty broad definition. And when you define it that broadly, you actually come to realize that there are dark patterns across all of our digital experiences day after day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, going back to this Intuit uh, TurboTax example, um, to really give you the summary of what they discussed in the podcast, basically... What's happening is uh, people are going to find a product that claims to be free and it's meant to be free for people that are under a certain income threshold. And rather than taking them to the website where they can then file their taxes for free, it takes them through a series of web pages that navigate them towards a paid uh, service. And, and, you know, they base that on false um, claims. For example, you have this special form that you... Uh, need to submit with your taxes, therefore you have to pay, et cetera, et cetera. So, so basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince you to pay for something that you shouldn't have to pay for. Right. It's a very carefully crafted dark pattern, and it's one of the most complex uh, that I've seen. In fact, it's a series of web pages. It's a series of navigations. It's a number of different different products or differently named products that are actually the same, um, that are meant to confuse people and, and encourage them to pay. And then uh, when you go to get a refund, when you find out you've been duped and you paid for something you weren't supposed to pay, uh, the customer service 
are paid to give you the runaround. Essentially, they have scripts to give you the runaround. So it's a form of deception is what you're saying. It's a, it's a form of deception. And the, the problem with dark patterns is largely they're not illegal. Mm-hmm. 90% of the dark patterns you see online don't actually involve anything illegal. Um, for now. For now. I mean, you know, GDPR and um, Canada's uh, castle laws combat that to a certain extent. Um, it tends to be more lax in the United States. But, you know, the problem is you have a lot of gray areas where people can kind of do things. Y- you know, it's one thing to have a checkbox, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. castle says, oh, you have to have a checkbox to subscribe to emails uh, to prove your consent. But, you know, h- how do you manage the way a company lays out their web pages? How do you manage um, how they name different products, mm-hmm. right? Th- there's a lot of things that are really difficult to enforce. And that's where, you know, the internet, as much as it's not the Wild West anymore, um, there's a lot of things that are still not able to be controlled. For sure. And, and the crazy thing is, uh, you know, Intuit is a really big company. I mean, one might think that dark patterns are restricted to these inexpensive kind of slime ball uh, virus-ridden uh, websites, but uh, esteemed brands indulge in them. Uh, uh, Amazon has even been accused of using dark patterns on their website. They're pretty ubiquitous, and, and when, you, when you start to look at some examples, um, you start to realize how frequently you actually encounter them, right? So at the end of the day, you know, let's go back to this definition, and maybe we can talk about some examples. Sure. So the definition that I gave at the start was, a dark pattern is a user interface that has been carefully crafted to trick users into doing things, such as buying insurance with their purchase or signing up for recurring bills. So let's start with recurring bills. I mean, literally everyone encounters this. You sign up for a free trial, and it says at the end of this trial your account will be billed X amount per month. That is something that we kind of have resigned ourselves to, yeah. that you know, this is what it takes to get a free trial. You put in your credit card info, and you better remember to unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that it's a dark pattern, right? It is forcing you to take a behavior that you don't want to do. Nobody wants to be billed automatically at the end of a free trial. Um, and essentially what it's doing is it's forcing your hand into opting out. Right, and it also creates false positives. So, for example, the marketing person that comes up with that system goes to their boss and says, "Look at all the signups we've gotten for our app," mm-hmm. and they're going, "Okay, well, a month from now, all these people are going to bow out, right? Because they don't want." And and they're essentially banking on the people that forget to unsubscribe. It's like gym memberships. It's exactly there, like gym there, memberships. There's a non-digital dark pattern for you. They get everyone in January, and then a lot of suckers are paying throughout the year. They're trapped in this. Uh, literally the core of their business model. It's, yeah. there's, it's deep-rooted in psychology. That's right. So another example of a dark pattern, you know, we talked about um, checkboxes to subscribe to emails, right? And mm-hmm. in Canada, um, it's enshrined in law that um, it has to be a positive checkbox in the sense that by default, the checkbox has to be unchecked. And when you check it off, it has to be an act of consent. Right. So an example of a dark pattern that you often see used in the States is a checkbox that says, I do not want to receive emails. And so you're signing up for something or you're downloading some content. And if you skim over that checkbox, which again, most people do, Mm -hmm. if you skim over it, then you're going to receive those emails. Here's a question I have. 
So we're, we're trying to iron out the definition of a dark pattern here. Now, is it doing something without someone's knowledge or is it doing something that is uh, destructive to them? So for instance, would a more vanilla technique that is encouraging destructive behavior, suppose someone has a online shopping addiction and you're facilitating that, that destructive behavior, would that qualify as a dark pattern or is it specifically restricted to the techniques? No, I think absolutely it's it's rooted in psychology. And so there's cases where it's manipulative. It's taking advantage of people's psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, there's cases where it's a specific pattern. Uh, it's, it's data-driven UX that's designed to encourage a certain behavior that is beneficial to uh, the person who created it, but not to the end users. Right. And it's also this idea that, you know, you're forcing someone into... Um, following a pattern that they don't want to take. And sometimes they don't even know that they're taking that pattern. If you actually try to go to the Intuit website right now and try to file your taxes, um, you're going to be led down this maze that you really don't know how you got there or, or where you are or where you're going. And it's designed intentionally to be deceptive. So it encompasses all three of them. Interesting. Deceptive is a funny word. Right. Um, at Princeton, they did a uh, study on websites. They, used, they studied 10,000 websites, and I think they found 1,200 to be uh, and major e-commerce websites to be using dark patterns. Right. So, so websites like Amazon, Intuit, and uh, th- they said that these websites were manipulating users into making decisions they wouldn't otherwise make and buying stuff they don't need. And that one's kind of, it's a funny statement, right? It's kind of funny to determine what what's a dark pattern, what's not a dark pattern, because sometimes you don't know what you need, right? If I were raised in a, in a vacuum, oh, gee, I, I would be, uh, I'd, I'd be covered in excrement. I'd never buy toilet paper. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't understand the need, right? So there's kind of a positive role of marketers. But where do you think it kind of, uh, it turns into the more, darker side like we're talking about the gray area here where do you think it becomes kind of uh genuinely deceptive as opposed to just promoting a product i think that's exactly the point is are you just promoting a product or are you taking away the autonomy of the user Mm -hmm. right so i think that that's the difference is democracy the difference is do people get to dictate their experience um do they have any control over it or are they being forced into an experience, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that's a, a dilemma that people are having right now when you look at things like Facebook and Google and Amazon that are essentially telling you what to think and telling you what to buy. Um, and people are gradually losing their autonomy. And the reason it's a dark pattern is you don't know that it's happening. Right. Because they're designed to be incredibly habit-forming, right? People don't even realize when they open their phone, they just find themselves to be scrolling all of a sudden and they don't even realize like the steps that went there. You know what I mean? It's a default position. You do it mindlessly. It's uh, it is, is certainly uh, there's an understanding of human psychology there that's being taken advantage of. And beyond habit forming, there's something that, you know, and don't get me wrong. I don't think this is sinister. I think this is just what has naturally happened, but beyond habit forming, there's also, um, you know, a confirmation bias involved in the way we use all of our websites and applications, which is they're using data to see what we're into and how we use things, and they're providing us more of that. 
mm-hmm. right? And, and it creates this almost unintended dark pattern where if I am constantly looking at, you know, dogs online, then I go on Facebook and I'm going to see dog content. I go on Google, I'm going to see dog content. On Amazon, they're going to sell me dog food, right? And all of a sudden you're in this echo chamber, and you don't even know anything about cats. And, and, you know, obviously it's a very trivial example, but when you look at things like politics or science or, um, you know, careers, these are all things that are, that are important to have autonomy. And, mm-hmm. and we're losing that autonomy because of these almost unintentional dark patterns. Right. And you mentioned that these aren't strictly illegal, and uh, perhaps we'll discuss later that that may be changing in the future, but what's the difference between, say, dark patterns, which aren't legal, and actual fraudulent activity? Because they're both, there's certain, there are varying degrees of deception here. For instance, um, and, and a lot of deception is normalized, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with pricing an item at fourteen ninety nine, but there's a reason you're not calling it 15.00, right? It's deceptive. It's to, it takes advantage of human psychology, but we're so used to that, right? We're not really offended by that in any way. Although we still tend to say this item is fourteen dollars, not fifteen dollars. Right. I think that you know if you if you're using the example of pricing, right? Um, something that would be a dark pattern would be, let's say you price something at fourteen ninety nine, and someone clicks to add it to their cart, and then uh, when they're checking out, there is um, a hidden fee, and you use a very light font color to. Um, indirectly hide the fee from the user. Oh, it's an extra $5 for whatever it is. Um, And it's hard to see. And so a lot of people would skim over it. Mm -hmm. That's not explicitly illegal. You're still providing them with the information, right? The difference would be if they added a $5 charge to your card after the fact. And then when you went to customer support, they said, oh, well, there was this charge we didn't tell you about. That's actual fraudulent activity. So essentially what they're doing is they're trying to do something that generally would be fraudulent, but they're using UX trickery to um, do something that is, is technically illegal, but is not a best practice. So, so they're circumventing the, uh, gotcha, the exactly. illegality. Exactly. And, and there's a website um, called darkpatterns.org, uh, and they have a hall of shame. So mm-hmm. uh, when people experience dark patterns across the internet, they tweet at dark patterns and uh, they get reposted to this hall of shame. And if you scroll through, all your favorite companies are on there. It's literally just constant, constant dark patterns. And I think that the, the way that a dark pattern is defined is broadening. And I think, you know, you, you made the point a couple of times about, you know, what defines a dark pattern versus fraudulent activity. I think that it's really important to make a clear distinction because I think a lot of dark patterns are unintentional. Mm. When a good UX designer is creating an experience, they do research, it's data-driven, they run tests, and they generate results, and that's how they decide what the best user experience is. But unintentionally, that can become a dark pattern because essentially what you're doing is you're saying, based on the, the results of this research, this is the best path for users to take. This accomplishes their goals most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then you create that experience, and if you're not careful you can actually be forcing users into always taking that experience. Right. You're not accounting for outliers. You're not accounting for changing habits. And you're not accounting for ultimately the autonomy of the user where even if it's nine times out of 10 that they're going to take a certain path on your website, 
you still have to give that one out of 10 people the autonomy to do what they want. A funny thing about graphic design and web design is that uh, appealing to human psychology is kind of baked into the best practices, right? So per perhaps you'll use green or blue because they're more serene colors. You may use uh, uh, red to demonstrate urgency or, or something like that. And those are kind of um, manipulations in their own way. They're pretty light manipulations. They're, they're light patterns. But um, it gets kind of funny because it, colors, even something as simple as colors, have been used in dark patterns. For instance, there was I saw a, on the dark, dark patterns website, there was an, a mobile app. It was a mobile game. And you press a green button to go to the next level. You keep pressing it, right? You finish the level, you go to the next level, go to the next level. And then all of a sudden, after a few levels, the, gr the same green button you're using to progress through the game is used to complete an in-app purchase. <laughs> so it's, it used that color to manipulate you. Right. So it's, it's strange trying to find the line. Like, there is a gray area. Um, I don't share this view, but some people have the view that marketing is uh, inherently deceptive. I see the point. I see the point. I mean... Um, you know, every marketer is employed with the specific purpose of convincing their target customers that their product is superior. You know, unfortunately, we don't write landing pages the way we write academic papers. We don't <laughs> cite all our sources. We don't compare. You know, it, it, I wish we could, but that's not how you sell things, yeah. right? No one wants to read that. No. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a tricky gray zone that will become even more convoluted as legislation kind of gets into play. Uh, for instance, you mentioned the um, recurring billing. Quebec has already legislated uh, against that, the province of Quebec, and uh, so that's that's one thing. And then also U.S. senators, I think, are making a move to, uh, for, for websites to receive over 100 million users, they're trying to ban dark patterns. So how they define that will be very interesting to see. It's challenging. It's challenging, and I think that Ultimately, the solution isn't to ban dark patterns for that exact reason you described. It's such a gray area that, you know, how do you ever actually prevent all dark patterns, right? Mm -hmm. It's with the internet. I mean, it's kind of like um, when that, that funny photo of Beyonce went up online and then her lawyers tried to have it taken down. And it's like, how are you ever going to get that photo taken right. down? The internet is its own beast and you can't control it. And so... When you look at something like dark patterns, you can legislate all you want, but how are you going to enforce everything? The mm -hmm. amount of castle violating emails I still receive, I'm not going to report every single one. I don't have that much time in my day. Sure. So ultimately, I think that rather than enshrining in law um, preventative measures, I think that a better solution is to enshrine in law light patterns. Oh. So light patterns essentially are the inverse of dark patterns. And... You know, we've talked about all the things that dark patterns take away from you. They take away your autonomy. They take away your ability to dictate how your data is used. They, they take away, um, you know, your ability to dictate your experience, mm -hmm. right? The light patterns are an attempt to provide transparency, provide autonomy, um, and, and provide that control that users want. And it's been proven to leave your users or your consumers feeling better um, where, where you don't, uh, where you, so, okay, I'll give you an example. They did a study where 
they provided a free trial without recurring billing at the end. Okay, so at the end of your free trial, your subscription ends mm-hmm. unless you decide you want to pay. Um, the retention rate for uh, the subscribers is something like it doubled. Right. Okay. So, so there's an example of a light pattern where you're basically being completely transparent. You're saying you get a free trial at the end, it's going to end and it's up to you to decide. And when the consumers were left with that positive feeling towards the company providing the services, um, they were so much more likely to subscribe. Interesting. So you could almost argue that there's a market-based approach that can also, uh, help mitigate the effect of these, uh, these dark patterns. Like ne- it doesn't necessarily have to be a legislative um, solution. Absolutely. It's, it's all about supply and demand. And, and essentially what you're doing with dark patterns is you're creating false demand. Mm-hmm. You're falsifying results. Everywhere you read, they'll say that dark patterns provide the best results in AB and multivariate tests. Interesting. But yeah. what does that mean? I yeah. mean, yeah, great. As a marketer, you have great results on your A-B test. But ultimately, you're, you're not, they're not real. It's not real data. Yeah. You're creating an environment that is forcing users into giving you the results you want so you can report to your boss on how good your A-B tests are. For sure. And, and I mean, in a previous podcast, we talked about how something like half of all ad clicks are accidental. Um, yeah, just increasing the rate of accidental ad clicks by making, um, you know, an oversized uh, button in, uh, in a mobile browser or something like that. Um, yeah, you'll get those clicks, but your, your ROI is terrible. So you might impress your direct manager or whatever if you're the yeah. uh, designer. But uh, in terms of actual business value, it, it does very little. Exactly. And, and so I'll, I'll give you another example of consumer behavior. So... Um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about, but is very prevalent is microtransactions in online games. Um, and so uh, here's an example. So Fortnite is, is probably the biggest game right now. Um, and Epic Games, who created Fortnite, actually hired consumer psychologists and addiction, uh, addiction specialists, like people with like actual neuroscience degrees that understand how the human brain is wired okay. to design microtransactions in their games that are as addictive as possible, right? Technically, oh, it's boy. not illegal. It's predatory against children, and you're not allowed to, let's say... Um, I think the Netherlands has banned loot boxes in games because it's technically oh, really? gambling for children. But yeah. generally speaking, it's not illegal. Um, and they're essentially trying to figure out how they can get these people as addicted as possible to their games. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's an example, obviously, of a dark pattern. But here's a light pattern. Nintendo has a game where there's an opportunity for a microtransaction to enhance your progress in the game. And there's actual patterns designed to force you to pay less than market price for the microtransaction. So, um, you know, we talk about uh, an example of a dark pattern is forced continuity. Okay, so it's basically forcing you into a loop where you can't get out of it unless you perform a certain action. Mm. Okay, the way that Nintendo designed this microtransaction in their game is that there's actual forced continuity to pay less. And based on the results of the purchase of the microtransaction, something like less than 1% of people actually paid full price. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you're still leveraging consumer psychology. Someone's going to keep playing a game if they feel good about it. Yeah. They feel like they're getting good value. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you give them the opportunity to haggle on the price of a microtransaction, they're going to come out of the transaction not only enhancing their progress in the game, but feeling like they got a good deal. And rather than feeling jaded and saying, oh, I can't believe I gave in to the microtransaction model. I hate this so much. Yeah. Instead, they're going, oh, that was great. I got a discount and like I haggled and I had the control. Yeah. And they're going to keep playing that game more and get to another microtransaction a lot sooner. And the societal impact is great too because rather than robbing a bunch of children blind, they're turning them into great negotiators. So they're... <laughs> 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 I quite like that. You, you know, and, and it gives a great impression of uh, of Nintendo, right? It makes them seem like a, you know, like, well, a lighter company. No one wants to deal with companies that uh, they feel are deceptive or don't actually, aren't actually invested in their success. So uh, I'll give you a funny example. I, um, creepy example. <laughs> I quit, uh, I, I, I close, I tried to close my Facebook account. And as I was in the process of doing it, they have there's a bunch of steps. First of all, it's uh, which is fine. Perhaps you can do it accidentally, and you don't actually mean to. And you go, no, wait. But <laughs> they show pictures of all of my Facebook friends, and they go, your friends will miss you. <laughs> don't go. Like all their faces, and this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got the heck out of there, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird final. Uh, yeah. But for for those who don't know, that's what they throw at you. They, they show your friends and they tell them, tell you that they'll miss you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um it's funny how they leverage psychology and ultimately, you know, light patterns are the only effective way to combat these experiences. And what a great way to set your business apart in a mm-hmm. world where everyone's forced into doing things they don't want to do. Oh, you can't visit our website on mobile unless you download our app, yeah. you know? Um, and, and to contrast our initial example about TurboTax. So Intuit also sells TurboTax in Canada. Uh, I think it's about $30. I think at Costco it's $30. It might be yeah. more if you buy it online. <laughs> but um, it's it's crazy to me that in Canada, people pay for tax filing services when there's services like Simple Tax that are free mm-hmm. and it's cloud based, it's online, you don't have to install any software. And Simple Tax has an excellent light pattern. Simple Tax's services are free for everybody in Canada. Anyone in Canada who wants to use Simple Tax to file their taxes, it's free. There's no opportunity to pay for anything until you file your taxes. Once you submit, they say, Thank you for using our service, et cetera. In order to support and continue um, the service that we provide to Canadians free of charge, we would ask you to make a donation. Okay, so first of all, the psychology right. of calling it a donation. But second of all, they're giving you the value first, and they're mm-hmm. reminding you, hey, this is free, and you have the autonomy to decide what you want to pay. Yes. Okay? Yeah. So it's similar to what Nintendo did in the sense that the user gets to dictate what they think it's worth. Mm-hmm. And I submitted my taxes this year on uh, Simple Tax. And at the end, I, I got the little notification of, hey, you know, not only can you pay what you want, but once you pay, you actually get a few little added perks. Like you get a dark mode. Right. It's funny, a light pattern that gives you a dark mode <laughs> on your browser. But um, I, I went and looked up how much TurboTax cost. And it was, I think, $30. And I said, you know what? I said, I'll give Simple Tax 20 bucks. I said, what a great service. They left me feeling good about it. They mm-hmm. made my tax filing process really simple. And I said, this is, you know, I feel good about this company. I want to support them. So I'm going to pay. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good example because it's kind of the difference between getting 30 bucks in the here and now, right, from, you know, basically ripping off as many people yeah. as possible. Yeah. Not necessarily that TurboTax is a ripoff, but just for the sake of example, uh, versus a, a sustain, making people f- want to give you money. That's more, that sounds more sustainable to me in the long term rather than uh, going for the get in, get out, try, see how many people you can, uh, you, can, uh, you can rip off. I think that's a really good, uh, really good approach. One thing I see, one word I see thrown around a lot is the word coerce. <laughs> when it comes to light patterns and dark patterns. And um, coerce is a funny word. You know, sometimes we feel like it's like physical force, but it also describes fraud, right? Um, I'm, do you think that word is appropriate to describe dark patterns? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's accurate. Part of me feels the ones that are borderline fraudulent, I think so. But then sometimes I feel like it's a little too strong. And I think... At some point, um, I think uh, perhaps the line between a light pattern and a dark pattern is where we decide the onus is no longer on the person, right? So if you, if you uh, decide to purchase from a company because they chose to make their color green, their, their brand <laughs> color green, it's like, oh, I love green. It's so, you know, <laughs> the onus is on you. you know, that's no one else's no problem, right? Yeah. But... If you chose to buy from the company because, you know, the price looked good, everything looked great, but then there is a very faint little box that said add-on for $15 or something, right? And it turned out to be much more. That's kind of, perhaps that's the coercion, right? Because that's borderline fraudulent. It's, the intention is for you to not be aware of what you're getting into. Right. So I think, I think that's kind of funny, but yeah, it's deciding where it's no longer the person's fault. Because sometimes I feel like they go too far. And yeah. sometimes, you know, just pay attention to what you're doing online. Pay attention to online activities. But For sure. Uh, there yeah. are some very deceptive techniques. I think a lot of people, you know, we always have the conversation about, oh, you know, marketing has always been the same. As long as storytelling has existed, it's always been the same thing. And we have different tools mm-hmm. to do it with, right? So ultimately, a dark pattern is, is really, it's classic sales and marketing tactics that are shady, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's always been, as long as sales and marketing has existed, there's always been a distinction between what's, what's real and what's shady, right? And so you have like the, the Jordan Belforts of the world, yeah, right? Um, where it's like you can look at some of the tactics they were using to sell penny stocks and you're like, okay, like you can see some of that is shady, but some of it is, is authentic, sales tactics yeah. that, that are not really shady. They're just really good at showing people the value of what they're buying. It's funny. That guy actually wrote a really good book on selling that I read. I loved it. It's called uh, The Way of the Wolf. And uh, he's, he's pretty open about <laughs> how, how much of a jerk he used to be. Yeah. But the, you're right. The tactics themselves were uh, a lot of the um, techniques were genuine and they were good. But there are things like manufactured urgency, right? Exactly. And we see that with the dark patterns, right? The, the meaningless countdown clocks on those <laughs> booking websites. Yeah. Folks listening at home, those are all nonsense. Don't pay them any attention. They're, that is a dark pattern. Shame on them. <laughs> two, two thumbs down. Two thumbs two down. Two thumbs down. Write them yeah. a nasty review. That's it. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, you look at those, those tactics, right, that Jordan Belfort talks about and... They're using the exact same things online. It's just a new medium. He used to do it over the phone. Now people mm-hmm. do it online. 
the scary thing is it's a lot more scalable. How yes. many people could they dupe with penny stocks? There was only so many phones for them to pick up a day mm-hmm. versus with the internet. I mean, TurboTax is duping you know, dozens of millions of people in the States into paying when they shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, ultimately how do you, how do you control these tactics that have historically always existed, especially in the wild West, so to speak of the internet? I think keep talking about them, you know, they'll, uh, they could put legislation in place, but then they'll switch to another tactic, right? There's so much uh, to unlock in the human mind, so much to also take advantage of. Keep talking about it, keep having these conversations and figure out what's, uh, I think darkpatterns.org is great because they keep posting ones that they discover, right? And sometimes no one's used this one before. It's like, oh, okay, this is a new one there. And they're another elaborate ruse. And uh, just keep tabs on it, keep talking about it. I don't think... um, Legislation is the only solution, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a place to start. I kind of like the what they did in Quebec, but mm. yeah, yeah. I think um, I think at the end of the day, democracy holds the power on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, users are fickle, and you've seen so many websites and applications over the years fail because they made a wrong move and they weren't speaking to their audience anymore. So I think that, like you say, talking about it makes people aware of it. Mm-hmm. The average user probably doesn't know that they're experiencing a dark pattern. So yeah. put it front and center so they know. And then they're going to realize that they hold the power. And they're going to say, you know what? I'm going to go buy from someone else. And when you start hemorrhaging users, that's when the apology comes out. And you go, oh, sorry, we didn't know <laughs> that we were taking advantage of people. That's right. But ultimately, that's the only way to control um, the, you know, the experiences that you're going to have online mm-hmm. is, is to use to vote with your wallet to use the power of democracy, not visit those sites you don't want to visit. And like you say, things like deactivating your Facebook account. If you don't like their practices, go deactivate it. Your life is not going to suffer. Absolutely. So on that note, um, thanks for listening. And uh, there's no trickery in this podcast. You didn't just experience a dark pattern. (laughs) Open.ca. And uh, stay tuned for uh, our next episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you.